money. Thank you for joining the ESBC Sports Betting NFL Sports Betting Podcast. With the purpose of the podcast, I always say this, is for me to make money. I say that because you had to remember the guy that won the Kentucky Derby the other year. He was like, I'm doing it for you, Saeed. I'm doing it for the people. No, you're doing it for the value of your horse. It's higher. You can sell that horse for more money. And because you get so many uh, media engagement, media impressions, and people are so disingenuous, gaslighting, right? You're being lied to your whole life. And sports betting, even more. So what we're doing is we're giving you a process, a system, a methodology, right? That the outcome is every single business meeting has to have a purpose and an outcome. The outcome is we're at around really around $40,000 in profit in the NFL, right? College were around that same amount. Uh, 240,000, you go into the next tax bracket here in California and Bernie Sanders and Biden and Elizabeth Warren will all take all your money, right? As far as taxes is concerned. But we say that to show you the level of success We've had in the past, 65% NFL last two years. You can listen to those podcasts. Uh, I know that listening to the past podcasts, probably more valuable than listening to it now because you can see our methodology and the whys because the whys drive the what. So there you have a business meeting, purpose and out. But since uh, Scott and I are old, we're successful. We've lived through really expensive states, right? Mass, Massachusetts, Taxitusetts, and California, the People's Republic of the state of California. So we have life lessons. We can give you, uh, we're not psychotherapists, but we can give you mental health first aid kit as it relates to sports betting and as it relates to the actual players on the field. Uh, certain impulse control issues is big with quarterbacks and certain off-field issues that bleeds into the field you anticipate and you monetize because we're old enough that we've seen this movie before we can tell you the ending through what we can document 65 to 70 percent and the reason that's important is because 52.5 percent it's break even so when you meet consistently above that that's compound interest right it's compound interest so in business, if you're the smartest person in the room, if you're the toughest person in the room, you are in the wrong room. So that's why we're very fortunate, looking good. We have Scott Cobe from New England here to give us balanced perspective, diversity. Thank you, Scott, for being on the podcast. No problem. Feel a little lonely tonight without Chad, but I know. I know. I was talking to him early today. He's on the plane. He's taking care of his uh not little brother. His brother's six foot two, two hundred pounds. <laughs> On the watch list for the Heisman Trophy, your starting quarterback of the Oregon State Beavers. Uh, we got his uh, a little bit of his perspective. Um, I am going to get him uh, the spreadsheet, and it'll be on there. And uh, I'll post the consensus picks uh, maybe tomorrow or Friday. I'll post them a little earlier than we usually do. We just do it on Sunday. Uh, so you get Chad's input on this week. You'll probably, and, and if we have a tie, 
you can break the ties. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to steal a lot of fun. Uh, you make a lot, actually, I think it's one of the big, besides math, besides understanding the concept, that just knowing who's going to win, who the best teams are, it's only about 40 to 45% of success in sport betting. The other side is math, uh, research, and being able to differentiate, right? Because the highest level of probability of certainty and probability theory is 80%. So this is a 20% look at. So as you track, which is another important element, which is really math, as you track your betting performance, you have to be able to differentiate between the picks you got uh, wrong or right, right? Because of that 20% luck factor and the picks you got wrong because of you didn't do enough research or bad logic, right? You present the problem, you apply math, and then you rigorously use logic until you get to the answer. And to be poor and middle-class people in business, in order to be good, you have to make decisions right about 80% of the time without having all the information. So we're not on the team and I have privy to the game plan, but we have to get a high percentage of uh, getting things right, right? In order to be uh, a profitable business endeavor, which it is added to the value of that, we have fun watching the games. So, Scott, what was the game last week? You got uh, wrong. It, you should have gotten right. And we had the podcast yesterday, the Hawthorne Effect. Hawthorne right. Effect now, says, whatever you track and measure, you improve its performance 10 or 20%. Right. Now I'll go to the, the first one is the Washington-Atlanta over. Right. Um, it's, cl- it's clearly evident Washington's defense is not, not as hyped up as they were beginning of the season. Um it's clearly evident that teams can can go up and down the field on their defense. Um, and same thing with Atlanta's defense. I mean, up and down dome was a dome sta- uh, stadium. So that, that game was, uh, was begging you to take the over and, and I, I went under. So that was the right. first one. And the second one is in my backyard. Brady was obviously amped up to play the game. Right. The, uh, the NFL wanted to keep that game as close as they possibly could. Right. For the, for the huge rating that they were getting and, and, to, to live up to all the hype coming into the game. Right. Um, he, he missed a lot of throws that he usually makes. So that that game um, I thought was going to be a, a 31-24 because usually a Patriots primetime game, they do find a way to to score points, um, you know, go up and down the field. So Belichick did a great job against Brady on defense. He, uh, right. he put one of each – he said that they do cornerback on each each uh, receiver and shadowed them. And Evans was the only one that really did much of anything. Brown had a couple catches, but um, that game there, I thought Brady, I thought the 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 revenge factor on both sides was gonna was gonna lead it to a high scoring game. I thought Brady was gonna. I've never seen Brady amped up as he was in that game, um, and I think the emotions just just got to him. So. It's tough. Um, yeah, it certainly is. 20 years in one place coming back. Um, you don't realize that that maybe, you know, Brady has the emotions run wild on him sometimes. And there was no Gronk either. 
so that that led to that um, inconsistent performance on his part. So those two right but, there were, were huge. You know, Gronk is a big factor, right? Because uh, I mean, it's kind of intelligence, right? Uh, rule number one in life is about the VTA. Don't trust anyone. So yep. Brady doesn't trust anyone. He needs his guy there who he can trust, knows the play. And B, they play with each other so long. When there's a justice to be made on defense or uh, you need to make an audible on the run, him and Grant can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That was in there. Uh, Ian O'Connor, right? A great uh, guy from New England who wrote that book on Bill Belichick. Yep. And I can call him Bill Belichick even more because I was listening to that book. And um, Belichick and his son are lacrosse players. And Belichick uh, was an expert in rigging lacrosse sticks illegally to have illegal sticks to give him a competitive advantage while he's playing NCAA games, which is NCAA evaluation or whatever. Not a moral strategy, but uh, believe me, Belichick has home court advantage, home field advantage that we don't know about. He might not even want to know about. Maybe Brady knows about it. And he, you know, he's not going to say. He's not going to rat out the guy. Nobody likes a rat. Nobody likes a rat. People getting the information, right, and people getting hurt by the information. Nobody likes you because they know they can't trust you. So there's stuff Brady knows that's going to go to his brains that made him a little nervous that <laughs> he wasn't going to, you know, it, it, you just know by the performance and his fast performance. But uh, Belichick doesn't have to cheat. Same thing Bill Self in Kansas. Kansas These are Hall of Fame coaches without cheating. It's like Barry Bonds was in the Hall of Fame without steroids. Exactly. He's a great strategist. Exactly. He knows how to play that zone. It's not just zone. It's knowing how to play that zone, communicate it, execute it. And, man, he knows how to do that. The other part of it is he was planning for Brady to leave. Yeah. He's been building that defense. It has everything. It's hard to get depth in the NFL. But Kraft doesn't care. He's old now. All his kids are set. He's got them set with a bunch of money. Great grandkids yeah. set with money. He has a 20-year-old. So he's whatever Bill wants for that defense. Yeah. To pay extra money, Kraft is like, oh, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So he has a Super Bowl defense. No his doubt. problem is how well his problem is this, right? He's getting older. He has to do a little Hawthorne effect. And he doesn't have the Scott. He's pissed a lot of people off. Yeah. He doesn't have the Scott Pioli's there anymore. He doesn't have the really Good. He has some old scouts there, but I don't think he has like a really good. I don't think McDaniel's. He has a lot of his friends' kids there. McDaniel's yeah. is his friends' kid. Matt Patricia. Now I know what that what that pencil's for, right? That pencil's for taking coffee orders. Stop <laughs> drawing up any defense and stuff. He's literally and always has been Belichick's secretary. He, the exactly. title of defensive coordinator is not Belichick's a defensive coordinator. Exactly. So. Uh, has he built that offensive of line good enough? Right, that's going to be the key. And all these running backs are getting hurt, and he has a rookie quarterback back there who is good for one turnover a game. Yeah, that turnover absolutely hurt him a lot. 
exactly. They, they were one play away from winning that game. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's why I got that game right. It's because I study uh, Bill G because he's been so successful. And it's something I can understand. And they have access to the best business managers in the world, best yeah. managers in the world, right? So you kind of learn from that and kind of apply it to your own business life, right? Yeah. Every time yeah, I get exactly. into a business gate, I wait for the, the other side to make a mistake. I play zone. I, play the <laughs> I literally do. I call it that, you know? So we're going to get into the first game. And that's really what we just did. I think it's the most important part of sports betting. Because yeah. you got yeah. two things going, right? You have collaboration and capitalism. And this country was built on collaborations, joint agreements. Even though Google and Facebook are mortal enemies, they've had joint ventures. They have um, societies, we call it tech societies. We have all these competing companies go, right? And they pay lobbyists, pay off politicians so that they can get what they want. But it's happened since the beginning, collaboration, right? So we're collaborating and, and sports betting is a social thing. Even though we're competing against other betters, we're competing, competing, competing against other betters, competing against the casino. So we collaborate, we share information. It's really in the United States, especially in Massachusetts, California, yeah. you have to have three or four revenue source, income source, right? So sports betting really, especially now that everything's legalized and the sports betting has a lot of parallels, a lot of same um, structure as the stock market. Really, you got to execute the process and put money in your pocket, right? Yep. Yep. And what we just did, I think, is so vital to that. Sharing information, yeah. collaborating, right? And no admitting when you're wrong, too. All right? Right, because you're never going to... You know, yeah. Yeah, you're never going to improve, and you're never going to get better as as a better or or anything unless you know what you did wrong and you go through the process to, to determine right. how you did it wrong. So. Right. So we got Seattle at home against the Rams. And the Rams are about a three-point favorite on the road. The over-under is 55. And I have a link in the episode notes. Every Everything that we use in statistics, decision science behind me that are used by the Fortune 500 companies, every single element that I take from the business world arbitrage is a specific item and it's funny because you you were talking Scott before the podcast how every week is different how you have to yeah. use different things in your toolbox that's really really it is it's a whole tool belt and each game you use a different tool this one is recency bias and the coaches especially Bill Belgi Pete Carroll they play the same defense John Gruden they break the season into four parts and they add things as they go along. Every year, they do the same thing. I read the Pete Carroll book. He says that. I'm not going to change. I've been doing this for 30 years. It's the same defense that Monty Kiffin taught me. Monty Kiffin, right? Lame. It's the son of uh, Coach of Mississippi, the son. So the Seattle you saw on the road in Minnesota 
It's not going to be the same Seattle Seahawks team you're going to see Thursday night, right? Now, added to the Thursday night flavor is the fact that the over, right, is, I think, eight and two. Remember, highest level of certainty is 80%. <laughs> so, oh, all, all the, and I heard it, some guy told me, not some guy, a good friend of mine told me, hey, man, all the national games are going over. And I said, remember, highest level of certainty is 80%. There we are, 80%. Return to the mean. Going to put the link on that to return to the mean, which its brother, recency bias, is here. So there's a recency bias here. Seattle is at home, right? Uh, still got a little research to do. Oh, I'll ask Scott. Does I don't think Seattle has any major injury, and I think it doesn't matter because Carroll's built good depth for for them. So it might be deep uh, division game. I'm taking Seattle plus four. Right, I'm going to buy the point to get it off the key number. Under 55, as even you never bet blindly. You always do your research, and I've done pretty good research on this game. But blindly, just knowing that the national games are eight and two, it's going to be a return to the mean, and this game is going to be under the 55 points division opponents. Even though McVeigh is an offensive guy, Stafford's a quarterback, they're not playing the Rams. Division game, you want to control. Coaches are control freaks, right? Mm -hmm. They say, that's why I'm getting paid $5 million. And I'm going to tell you what to do. They did a study of doctors, anonymous study, 80% of doctors. There's that number again, 80% of doctors are really doctors because they like telling people what to do. Probably the same thing for NFL coaches. What does that mean, right? What does it have to do with sports betting? It means there's going to be a lot of zone. That's what uh, both coaches are known for. Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator for the Rams, and Pete Carroll. So, Seattle plus four, under 55, Thursday night. So now, figuring out Thursday night after a rough start. What do you think, Scott? <laughs> I agree the under. I agree the under. Huge game. Huge game for both teams. Division game. Right. Arizona is 4-0 right now. Um, so one of these teams could possibly fall three games behind. Or Seattle, if they lose, they fall three games behind. Right. They don't want to fall three games behind and, and no. uh, scrape and trying to get back in the division. So I do like Seattle um, to cover the spread. I do like the under. Um if you look at the Thursday night games this year, the home team, I believe, has won each Thursday night game. Right. So that's a trend um, in that direction. Um, so I, I will go with Seattle. And there is one key injury for Seattle. It's Chris Carson, their running back. He may not play because of a neck injury. I found out an hour ago on the re- listening to the radio. So. Got it. Yeah, so that's the piece I was missing. Yeah, but he loves – Pete Carroll loves Alex Collins, and that's the next guy up. Right, right, right. So right. He, he has no fear in just handing the ball off to him. Um, I think they're going to try to keep the Rams off the field is what they're going to try to do, their offense. Exactly. Um, and make it a running and a defense game as Carroll loves. So um, I go Seattle and the under. Up in, up in Seattle in a tough, tough place to play. So. Right. All right, so we both agree on that one. We don't need chat on this one to break a tie. 
We got Seattle under 55. One thing I forgot, it actually happened was I have a client worth quite a bit of money. And uh, the client is a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> and he's like, wait a second, Josh, what you're talking about right now? I need to get a notepad in a pen and take notes. I'm like, well, yeah, that is a good idea. So I encourage everybody listening to the podcast to use the episode notes as reference. I have a link there. I'm still working on it, but I'm going to make sure it's published out there. The top 10 rules of betting, because they all kind of work together. In each game, we use a different tool in the toolbox. Now, last week, for basically the last two weeks in a row, we've been collectively here. Uh, 22 and 10, 22 and 11, 70%. <laughs> Nobody does that. There's no podcast in America. And I challenge you, I want to hear them. This documenting. Remember, one of the key things I have to be, I, I actually am required legally to do this. So it's not like I'm doing this great thing. I'm legally required to be authentic and transparent, right? Because it's like you buy a company in the stock market, you have to have a perspective, you have to be able to have all the looks. So we have all the books transparent here, every single pick, but more importantly, we're telling you the whys. So as you're listening to it, I know some people listen to it three times. I'm sorry, I'm going to make sure I enunciate and make my, my voice more pleasant to hear. You're going to hear me three times. <laughs> it's a two-hour podcast, so I know many people speed it up times too. So, But uh, we are giving you important information and information that translates. I've ran three businesses successfully translates into the business world, right? And my wife's been a psychotherapist for 17 years, things we've noticed for 17 years that works with people, gets them ahead. So take notes, Seattle under 55, right? And we're gonna buy the points, salesmen think short-term, businessmen and women think long-term. So we're gonna buy the point, because that's going to give us a higher, because you cannot divide by zero. We can't. They teach you that in sixth grade. So for that reason, let's get a one, right? Or 0.5 is better than zero, plus four. In longer term, you're going to have that compound interest between 52.5 and 70%. So the technical stuff, we're going to leave it to the beginning of the podcast. And then that's give you enough. We're going to go through these games. Atlanta at home, uh, minus three against the Jets. Game I got right last week. I was proud that I got it right because I think we got it right. Everybody got it right. Because, uh, again, another kind of return to the mean type of game. And, man, I think because you have these young quarterbacks who proved in the first four games of the season that they have not caught up to the speed of the game yep. or you got to throw them out there because uh, now they're getting a lot of upfront money so they want to get value for the up, upfront money they're playing with rookies what do you think about this game so i kind of like the jets in this game it's going to be in london first of all it's not at atlanta it's in london oh, it's a 9 30 a.m game so wake up early for me it's 6 30 6.30 in the West Coast. Um, I don't know what to think of Atlanta right now. 
um, you know, they, their high draft pick tight end is, has not done anything this year so far. Um, you know, the Jet, the Jets showed against Tennessee that they have some fight, they have some heart, they they have some uh, some some staying power. Um, what's over under? Forty six. I'm going to go under. Yeah, I'm going to go under too. I think this is a lowest scoring game. Um, those London games are always rainy, always rainy. Right. So I'm, I'm, I have a sneaky suspicion, not knowing the weather, that it's going to rain, um, which will keep the, the game low. I look for uh, the Jets to try to establish the run. Um, I'm going to change my I'm going to go Atlanta. I'm going to go Atlanta. I think Atlanta's okay. going to pull it up in the end. I think they're going to win 21-17. I think they'll do just enough. Um, and I, I, I they got to get Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts going eventually. Patterson's a, a revelation for them. He, he had a huge game last week. So I don't know if the Jets can cover him. So I would go Atlanta. I think the, the talent and offense is just too much. And I think they'll be able to run the ball and, and pass just enough to win the game. So I, I really think um, that uh, the organization, right, because part of betting is using fundamental analysis so it's a fight between fundamental analysis and technical analysis. And one of the key parts of fundamental analysis is corporate structure and, and governance. Yep. Uh, it's a long flight over. These are big guys. Backs are going to be sore. Uh, I do not like Cal Pitts' attitude. I did not like it in Florida. He can only play one year because he was academically ineligible. And the reason they have to put him on the field is because he's a phenom. <laughs> he's kind of a, a tiny bit better athlete than O.J. Howard. And O.J. Howard's career has been back and forth. Uh, I really don't like the attitude of these Alabama guys. I think they've always thought they were in the pros. You got Calvin Ridley there. Yep. Ryan is old. And really one of the only reasons – I'm not – uh, really, it's the same bet as Scott because I'm going the Jets plus four because I don't trust them at all. Uh, you know, so I'm going to go plus four by the number. And I'm going to go under 46 uh, because I think uh, Robert Slay, right? He, he, the reason he got his job is because he's a motivator. I think he's going to have his team more ready to play than the old guy now. It was just a cheap head coach, right? It's okay. Who what's the what's the coach that we can hire for this job and pay the least amount of money, right? Uh, for inflation purposes, you know, and it's not really the owner, it's a bean cutter in the front office. It's like, hey, we get this guy at a cheap rate. So I don't know how much they respect them, how much they're and they've been on the road a lot. They went to Tampa in the heat, they went to New York. You go back home, and now they're going to London. London. Jets coming up a home game. And it, it, we're going to see uh, Sly's motivational skills. Right? So that's what I'm taking the Jets, plus four, under 46. And um, we'll have Chad. We'll, we'll, I'll talk to Chad tomorrow on Friday, and we'll have him break the tie on this game. Early. Got to get up early in a routine.
that I have gonna be broken. <laughs> for the early, game. early. I might miss the first half. <laughs> All right, we got Tampa Bay at home against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, ten is really high number. I think this is a return to the mean game. Tampa Bay is going to have a lot of inflated lines. I'm going to wait for maybe just to go past the key number of 11 and pick Miami. Uh, 48 points. I feel these teams have been out of shape. You know, look up at the weather in Tampa. You know, my dad's complaining about the weather there. Uh, they're going to be two worn out defenses in the second half. Miami had a furious comeback in the second half in horrible heat. Tampa Bay is coming back from New England. Tampa Bay secondary. It's hurt. So, yeah, it's going to be going to feel like it's 95. It's going to be 80% humidity. Wow. So that's, that's a lot of uh, heat and humidity in full pads in Tampa. They made it a one o'clock game. I, I really, I've been to those one o'clock games and no game should ever be because it's so hot. And then you have all these people and then you're slamming beers. It's just not, not good. I, I don't think I've ever remembered any game I've been to at one o'clock, college or pro. College, you never make it out of uh, the tailgate, right? You, you sit there like Urban Meyer at the bar <laughs> with, with all the young girls that don't like football. They're, oh, we'll just stay here with a bunch of beer and stuff. And <laughs> we'll maybe go in the second half if it's closer in the fourth quarter. All right. Well, so what do you think about that, Scott? I think Brady's going to be one ticked-off quarterback based on last week. Right. Uh, he's played the Dolphins many, many times in his career. So yes. um, both defenses are struggling right now. Tampa's because of injury. Miami's because of uh, a lack of talent in, the, in right. that, that uh, secondary. I look for a similar pattern to what they did with Atlanta. I think Brady comes out. I think he peppers the uh, wide receivers, Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown. I love Tampa this week. I just think based on last week, I think Brady's not going to have any emotional um, worries in this game. I think they're home. They're back home again. I think Arians is not happy. I watched, watched his show. Right, on right. He is right. definitely not a happy camper. I look for Tampa to put a huge number on Miami. I, I, I think they could possibly put 35-40. I love Tampa in this spot. I just, I just think they win the game by a couple touchdowns. I think Miami will score. I think Miami will score. The over-under is what? 48. That's a high number. I, I might slightly lean toward the over in that game because of both secondaries being banged up. I might look at it like a 34-17 final, something like that. So, um, so I would go with Tampa, and I would go with the over in that game. All right, so listening to Scott, I'm going to play four sides of this game. I'm going to pay, play whatever that number balloons to for, for uh, the Bucks. And I've seen, again, the pattern I've seen for years 
uh, especially if you go like on Bovada, if you have a proxy who's sitting in line for you in Vegas, uh, the line goes crazy last two hours before they kick off. And I think it's going to be crazier as more people are in the sports books yeah. Yeah. all over the world now for that early London game, right? They, yeah. they get a couple pops in them. And they're, just, they're all like, screw it. Uh, exactly. What do they do? They pick the over. So the over, I would pick it now, 48, before that balloons into the 50s. And then uh, wait for that Miami thing to go to see. We'll see what number it goes to. And then I'm get, based on what Scott said, right? Remember, 70%, 52.5% break even. I'm going to go the Bucks first half line. He said it was going to be like the Atlanta game. The Atlanta would have covered the second half line if Matt Ryan did not throw two pick sixes. Yep. Yep. Jacoby Brissett had a bad game last game. Return to the mean, revision to the mean. I think he's going to be careful about not turning the ball over because he had a crucial turnover that that Colts game could have been a lot different. And there's a debate in sports betting. Can you predict turnovers? Can you not? I can go either way, but what I've what I've decided on is that you cannot pick who's going to turn the ball over. You just have to keep in mind and mitigate who is turnover prone. Yeah, and the two points and, and the two points I'll make is the San Francisco Detroit week one that we right. talked Sunday morning, and you said to take Detroit, and you would talk to somebody in Detroit, which I did. I had San Francisco before. I got enough points to win that, and then I took Detroit when it ballooned, and I won that. Nice. Second, second thing is if, if you're on Tampa, Patriots ran for minus one yards total in that game last week. Miami right. is not going to be able to run the ball at all. Right. So that's right. it could be a sneaky 34-17 aerial game because Miami is going to say, we can't run the ball against them. We're going to have to throw. And Tampa secondaries, but if you if you have a good feeling on Tampa, get it now before it balloons up to twelve or thirteen. So, hundred percent, hundred percent, making you money <clears throat> watching sports. Carolina Panthers at home in Charlotte against the Philadelphia Eagles. The Hawthorne effect I did on that one. I needed to do more research on the Eagles. I knew it's Howie Roseman, right? And you measure people like this. I've worked with guys like this. A lot of articles on him. He sleeps in the office 20 hours a week. He backstabbed. Every single coach has been there. He's a control freak. He's really, he got divorced because he neglected his wife. He's dedicated his life to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Jeffrey Lurie is not going to find somebody else that's going to be as dedicated. He's worked for them. He started like in the coffee room. And worked all the way up. He had like a, like a, a 200. I mean, how could, you know, I did a good podcast on Butler basketball where uh, the head coach, Brad Stevens in Boston, you know, he's now in the leadership team in Boston, the executive crew. He left a uh, $200,000 a year job, uh, Eli Lilly in, uh, in, in Indiana to become an unpaid volunteer <laughs> for Butler basketball. I do that, right. of course, you know, with just right. boom, pan, punch yeah. me right in the face. <laughs> if I ever did that. 
and Howie Roseman did the same thing. And I think he got divorced that, you know, with his first wife with that. So he, I think he just made a mistake because he's not sleeping enough. He let out that he's going to trade for Deshaun Watson, or at least they're in heavy negotiations for that. So again, you have to look at the psychology of it, right? 60% of this is psychology. How does that make the team feel? What are your thoughts, Scott, on that? How, how does it make the Eagles feel? Um, it, it may well hurts, especially if, if right. he knows they're trading for Watson. His mindset is, "This is it for me." I, you know, I right. have to show what I can because it's on video. Every all the other NFL teams are going to see what he can do. Um, I don't think the players are too keen on this. I don't think that no. team is too keen on trading for for him for sure. Um, no. You know, he's not going to play this year because of all these court cases that are going right now. So if you trade for him, you're looking at for the future. You're looking to the future. Um, You know, plus he's getting paid. He's going to get paid $40 million a year. So it's a huge number on the cap. Guaranteed. So you're you're basically hamstringing your franchise for the next three or four years to bring one guy in. And and I seriously doubt players are going to be all for this. I, I, I would think that a couple of the leaders on that team are going to go to the front office and say look we don't want this guy we like Jalen let's stick with him he's going to turn out to be a good quarterback so well you got to be consistent there's the problem and which kind of you know it's going to you know mess with the performance of the Eagles uh, if you're going to be a team that says I don't care about your character I care about just how you play on the field the Bucs yeah. are like that. That's yeah. why I have Richard Sherman. I think they're playing Russian roulette with Richard Sherman because having Richard Sherman, who has severe mental health issues, right? He climbs yep. up a window. Yep. Uh, when you hear him talk, leaving college out of Stanford, he's a Stanford graduate. Very intelligent guy. He speaks yeah. differently than he speaks now. He has either CTE or a long-term mental health condition. Yeah. Then now he's talking crazy. He's climbing up apartment buildings, smashing windows, running out, and then he's in a police chase by cops. He's he's going to deal with 10 felonies in February. Yeah. And you have Antonio Brown. Same thing. Smart guy with right. severe mental health issues. You can only have exactly. so many guys. On, but that's their business, right? You know, I know families who are complete disasters and their life goes smoothly. I know people touching by the book their life ends up being a disaster. She never judge. Just kind of exactly. observe. The Raiders are the same way. The Raiders don't care if you kill 10 people. As long as you can play, you can be on the team. But Roseman and Lurie made a point of bringing high-character guys into Philadelphia and building a system, giving guys a break, not cutting them so they can improve, blah, blah, blah. And then now you bring Deshaun Watson. Because exactly. Whatever. It, it makes no sense. It goes against everything that you, you've, you've put in place. Right. It, we don't necessarily, while we criticize it, maybe we wouldn't do it in our business. We say, we monetize it all. Like, you know, I admit, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll be honest. I miss Matt Patricia. That was an easy pick <laughs> every week. Right. Freddie Kitchen, when Freddie Kitchen was the coach at Cleveland, man, that was an easy, easy pick. <laughs> yep. Easy, yep. easy money every week. Yeah. Exactly. So, exactly. I feel that way about the Eagles now. Uh, Matt Rule, completely different situation with Matt Rule and Dave Tepper, who's doing well, like giving his retirement job. 
He retired with $3 billion. Um, he used technical analysis, but he sold it, right? He sold $25 billion worth technical analysis. And he retires with $3 billion. He leaves a billion in the bank for his grandkids, kids' kids, all in a trust. It says, my mind and conscience is clear. I'm going to dedicate my life for football. I'm going to be the owner and the general manager. And I'm going to hire a college guy, right? That I only want to hear one word from him. Maybe two words, three words. Yes, and you're right. <laughs> <laughs> right? And you're going to use the analytics, which I bet a lot against analytics in football because it doesn't work in football. Have that story. I'll make sure it's in the episode notes. But actually, the St. Louis Cardinals are in the playoffs. So I have a client in analytics who has a World Series ring and now in the playoffs. PhD MIT says analytics is not working football. So I bet a lot against Carolina, the Browns, all these teams that use analytics, but it's evolving a little more. I have some articles there I have to read. But Carolina seems really organized these days. They have a quarterback. If you can make three first downs with your legs, that's why Jalen Hurts and Deshaun Watson are so valuable. So if you can make three first downs with your legs, you win 70% of your games. So that's why both these quarterbacks are on the field. Um, the guy from USC watched his whole career, turnover prone. So it's always good for one turnover. Uh, minus three at home, over under is 45, which is the average historical number for a game. I'm going to go Carolina on the money line because it could be a close game. Eagle plays so bad. Yeah. yeah. And the over-under 45, I think if you live in the past, you die in the past. In the past, I would have gone under all the way. But I think this game might sneak over maybe in the fourth quarter once uh, the coaches feel they've communicated to the offenses the weaknesses they've seen in the first three quarters. So I'm going Carolina, money line, over 45. What are your thoughts, Scott? I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I, I, I think this, this could be a field goal game either right. way. I'm going to take Carolina on the money line and I'm going to take the over because both teams showed that they can, they can score against, uh, against any type of defense. Right. Um, you know, and I think both quarterbacks are running quarterbacks, surprising with Donald um, hurts. We knew he's going to be a running quarterback, but um, I personally think there's going to be a lot more running in this game than, than uh, people think McCaffrey could be back for Carolina. So I think this this definitely is going to be too close to call. So I, I will agree with you. I go Carolina money line um, and the over. I think it's going to get close to fifty, if not just barely touch over. So, so a big thing that's happened is uh, that here in Southern California, people have criticized the USC offensive line. When Donald was there. He knows never got sacked. He really made the offensive line, the whole offense look better than what they were. He won a Rose Bowl. He got him to the New York Six Bowl, which they didn't get to before or after he left. He really, I mean, he should get a, a thank you card from Clay Helm every year because he, he made that man a lot of money, contract extension. And sometimes he got out of the pocket to get to the house of the Pac-12. So, say sharing information from the West Coast to the East Coast, why? make that money and feel good on uh, Sundays. 
felt really good the last two weeks. It's Scott the week before felt good 14 and five. The first games I felt good <laughs> going eight and no. Really, I ended up personally going 10 and 0 the last 10 games. <laughs> you know, my wife was telling me, You can't dance. I'm just like, I'm happy. <laughs> 10 and 0. <laughs> right. And that's what it's about. It's about having fun and making money. It's like, Give me that Bitcoin card. I'm going to use it yep. for Target, the Target order. That's the Target. We used to go to Target. That's the Target order. Either bring it to the house or you sit there in the parking lot and bring it to you. Yep. Yep. Pandemic made us lazy. So, <laughs> uh, Carolina on the money line, over 45 points. And I really do see the Eagles' defensive line getting worn down, chasing Darnold all yeah. over the place. Yeah. It's going to be scoring late. You might take that fourth quarter uh, over the, the total in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Tired defensive lines chasing these running quarterbacks. Uh, like division games. Similar to what we told you with the Seattle and the Rams, that Seattle going to Minnesota because coaches put things in their back pockets. I actually had a really good podcast, and I'm going to group them all together with Vic Sheely last year. He's a head coach of Houston Baptist FCS football, and his uh, offensive coordinator is friend, best friends with Klingsburg the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. But what we got Coach Healy, and he kind of confirmed it in, is that you keep things in your back pocket. And coach, college or pro, keeps things in their back pocket at the beginning of the season because division games count for two. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's grudges in between coaches. Some yep. guy slept with the other coach's wife 20 years ago when they were at blah, blah, blah. And he's saving plays just for this game. Everybody knows it. He's like, oh, next game, that's a great game for coach. If you want to keep the team and getting coach's favor, get an extension, we got to be hyped up for this game, blah, blah, blah. So you have to do your research, find out what's going on. So the Titans team you've seen for a while out there, is that going to be the Titans team you see here? The Jags, Urban Meyer, and the Jaguars. Uh, they've lost 19 straight games in a row, but it shows you how good, lucky we are, fortunate we are. We, I got three sides of that bet. I had Jaguars plus, couldn't trust them, even though they control the game, or whatever. I had the side, I had the total, and the money line, right? So, this is the Titans at home, I believe. Minus four, over under is 49. I think that's too high. But I, the division game, Bravo, uh, he's begotten. I right? used that in the, in the draft, right? He's begotten by Belichick. They're all about these division games. And really, I think that's the whole strategy for the Titans. Sweep yep. your division games and play vanilla all other games, so people have no idea what's coming at them when they get to the playoffs. So I'm going to yep. go Titans minus four because I feel strongly about it. Probably should be a minus seven game. And, man, it's right. Belichick's never lost to a rookie quarterback. Brable probably is just as smart as Belichick. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So I see him uh, just totally 
controlling this game. The 49ers way too high for this. Urban Meyer is a college coach. The other thing is he is not coaching. We just saw that the other night, right? He's not coaching this team. The offense is being run by Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer. He's running the special teams, though, or because Urban Meyer just likes special teams. You know, $10 million a year. He has more money than God. He doesn't care if he got fired. He really doesn't, right? His wife doesn't care that he's with hot blondes at his restaurant. Why? Because there's so much money involved. <laughs> so there's a lot of not caring going on right here. They're taking poor Khan's money. His brother is the mayor of London. That's why Jack's always flew in London, so he can have his team play in front of his brother. Uh, so for that, many other reasons, Titans minus four, and Derek Henry running the ball all day on the Jags, make it under 50. There you think, Scott. Derrick Henry kills the Jaguars every time he plays them. He, he's, he's running for 150, 200 yards. Um, I'm in full agreement with you. There's so much off the field stuff going on with Jacksonville right now. Urban Meyer has got to be feeling the pressure to, to have his team ready to play. I don't know if right, it's going right. to or not. Um, you know, I just think Tennessee will come into this game off the Jets' loss and be – Ticked off. Vrabel will be ready to play. Derrick Henry left. Derrick Henry right. I mean, right, this, this right. is going to be an under game for sure. I think Tennessee is going to win by seven to fourteen points. I just, I just can't see them losing to Jacksonville again. And keep in mind, Jacksonville yeah. has given up twenty-three plus points in like twenty-five straight games. So, right. having said that, I, I don't. I, Trevor Lawrence has gotten better for Jacksonville. No doubt about it. He showed last Thursday night. Well, he's been limited. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. he was running and uh, he safe passes and really doing that plus one option RPO stuff. Exactly. And, and the, other, the, the other thing I'll say about Meyer is he may be fighting for his job right now, to be honest oh, yeah. with you, because I think, I think the owner has come out and said he needs to gain the trust back of his players and everybody in the organization. So I – this has not gone well for him at all. And uh, and I just think Tennessee is going to keep mounting the uh, pressure on him. Um, I see like a, a 21 to 10 game. I think Grable's going to have something up, up his sleeve exactly. with, with Jacksonville. It's like you said earlier, it's a two game, it's a two game turnaround for them. You know, they can win this division. This division is not very good. So this is a game they have to win against Jacksonville. And I think they will. 100%. And the fact that he spent extra time on this. And Rables, he does love some more. He's gotten some upsets in the play. There's not very many upsets, if at all, in the Super Bowl. I mean, in the NFL. Yeah. But Rable had some times where he didn't really have a competitive advantage. He just outcoached the guy in the playoffs. So it's a coaching mismatch. And he had no wide receivers last week. Julio and A.J. Brown were out last week. So he had no wide receivers at all. So the Jets figured out exactly what they're going to do in the fourth quarter and overtime and and basically shut that down. So things are going to be a little different this time. I think you'll see one of their receivers back in play this week. No, no. And you you see in uh, Bravo's body language, he shut everything down. He's like, yeah. The Jets are a team that we've worked work on the little things, the fundamentals, and we'll win this game. If we lose it, who cares? It's not in the division. 
You got a division exactly. game next week against the college coach. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so uh, Titans minus four under the 50 for those and many other reasons. A lot of zone being played here. And for yeah. those who don't know what zone is, you shouldn't be betting on games. <laughs> you don't know what those defense is, where you cover the zone and not the man. Uh, Saints at home against the Redskins. What do you think of Scott? I think you're all over this game, Scott. Because we've been trying to figure out the Redskins for a while. I have been. Um, their defense is not very good, but the Saints offense is not very good either, I don't think. Right. Um, you know, so... I'd probably take Washington money line. What's the spread in over on it? Uh, it is three points. What? Minus three. Let me confirm that. That's what I put on the spreadsheet. Minus three, but let me check that. And if somebody listening to the podcast uh, hears us making error, let us know. We can correct it. Yep. The Saints, so the Saints are, depends where you go. So you're going to have to look at different places. I see win bet at one and a half, fan duel at two and a half, points bet minus one New Orleans. All right. And then Vegas insider consensus is minus two. So both teams are bad, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so no both defense. teams are white are that family member. And actually do have a sort of like that, right? Uh, family member that's in recovery. They ask you for $20. You say, listen, I'm going to give you the $20 because your family, I'm not going to let you borrow it because, you know, you're never going to get those 20 bucks back. And they always have a story for Thanksgiving or why they're late, the car broke down, this, that, the other. So I'm gonna we're gonna take that money line in Washington. Uh, New Orleans hasn't traveled well. New Orleans is playing for later in the season with the quarterback first year in the system. Davis Winston, who we know has impulse control issues, the people who have sexual deviancy issues. Right, he fondled the girl in the Uber five years later after he raped that girl. And he paid, he admitted to in court that he raped her. He paid a settlement, right, for that. Maybe we don't believe the girl. Maybe he just wanted to save money and give her a settlement. But the Uber driver five years later, it's kind of like when there's smoke, there's fire. For us, it's important because of his impulse control, having pared down game plans because Shane uh, Payton doesn't trust him, right? It doesn't trust him now. And it's leaving the better stuff he doesn't practice for division games, right? Division games count for yep. two. Two. And believe right. me, Parcells guy, Sean Payton guy, Belichick guy, Bravo guy. That's why another reason we can predict games in high percentage, because all <laughs> these are the same coaches with the same philosophy, Running the same schemes. So over the 44, the average uh, score of an NFL game is 44. I think this line's living in the past. So I'm going to take it here. 
modern yeah. football, even though Redskins defense is struggling, Saints offense is struggling, Sean Payton and people are going to figure something out. Scott, um, I want to call him Scott Foster. Right? Scott Foster is the shady uh, NBA <laughs> referee. <laughs> but this is uh, – <laughs> uh, Scott uh, Turner. Scott Turner, right? Norm Turner's <laughs> son. Yep. A lot of nepotism in the NFL this year with Zimmer's son running the defense and Gary Kubiak's son running the offense. <laughs> Believe me. I, we'll get to the uh, Gary Kubiak story in a second. But for that and many other reasons, it's a home game for, for Washington. Late, great Dennis Green told me once, don't kill the goose that lays the gun and the eggs. Home game for the Reds, not the Redskins anymore. They're the Washington football team on the money line over 44. So yeah. take that notebook out, that pen, right? Bet that now. The second you listen to the podcast or live stream, bet yeah. the under 44. Because that's what I'm betting. Um, right now, you see me off screen is I'm um, placing bets. Right, so got the Washington Redskins, $1,000 on the money line and $1,000 under. So after, you know, all these years, now my bankroll is $1,000 a game. So, so I'm going to break off against what I've said the first four weeks. I'm going to take Washington on the money line, as you did. I'm going to say it goes over. That's seven. Because right. Because I don't think Washington's defense is very good. For whatever yes. reason, they haven't played well at all. I think New Orleans will score just enough to make Washington have to score in the mid to right. high 20s. Right. So I, I would go slightly on the over, and I would go Washington on the money line. I think, I think last week, Heineke played a tough-as-nails game, got right. hit numerous times. Um, I like him. There's something about him that I like. I like him um, too. I like him a lot. Yeah. yeah, I like him a lot. I think I think Washington's going to win the game, close game, and I think it's going to go slightly go over. I'm looking at like a 47 point um, over under. No, and another thing about Heineke was I like what I was seeing late in the season because again, like um, Matt Patricia, I was very happy with Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> you know, he was starting, you knew you were going to get the under, and you knew Washington was not going to cover. Right. So it was like a layup. Hanky comes in there and listening to the radio for Washington, and they were playing him up a lot. And uh, watching him play, he was lights out. When I knew he was going to play the second half against Tampa Bay, that was an easy second half line because I'd done my research. The kid can play. Just looking at him, his body language, his physical skills, and the way he processes the information. The other part of it is Norv Turner's son Scott and Sean Payton. They're they're old school, legit offensive guys. That all the first half is setting up plays for the second half. So you're gonna see some late scoring to get it over. <laughs> to give it over that 40. And Vegas knows that the average score of a game is 45. So they're pricing at a 44. Modern football, when guys aren't in the shape you would like, 
and the bat Washington secondary, that game was going on. So, Washington football team on the money line over 44. Let me try to type that right. All right. Next game is double digit dogs in the division. You do not bet anything blindly, but they do 80% of the time. This year, they're 0 2. So, almost blindly, I would pick the Lions, right? Uh, home for the Vikings, over under is 49. Uh, the, the guy for the coach for um, the Lions talks too much, right? <laughs> talks about kneecaps and all this stuff. And, and I think he slipped up when he, he said he's tired of losing shootouts. The next two games, Anthony Lynn played close to the bets. And, and really what they should have done in, in the beginning, because they have, uh, I actually think that Scott and I, uh, Shad and Jim <laughs> are better secondary than the Lions right now because they're, they're all guys <laughs> literally from the streets. <laughs> so you got to protect those guys, right? Yeah. Scott and I will go deep, right? Cover the middle of the field and hit like Chad and Jim also play a shell <laughs> and keep everything inside, right? And keep the game under. They've done that the last two weeks. You're going to have to do that against Kirk Cousins. Kind of mix them up. Do some zone blitz. Have them th- turn the ball over. Uh, set things up for the second half of golf. Get this game under 49 and literally just using numbers and probability since double-digit dogs in the division, cover 80% of the time. Last two years, it's been 90% of the time. And I did Hawthorne effect on myself because the two times um, in the pandemic season, the double-digit dogs did not cover. The head coaches of the winning teams were Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. So I'm like, I should have known that. The 20% the other way is probably going to be these guys, corporate governance from the middle now. So I could have been 100% on those games. So never bet blindly. I did read the Detroit Free Press, and I read the Minnesota Star. I wonder what those people say in those offices. Why does this guy in Orange County, California, have a subscription? Because it's the same Ganeco to the Detroit Free Press and the Minneapolis. <laughs> guys never even been to the Midwest. <laughs> All right. So for that, I think this, again, uh, new betting places now, Biloxi, Mississippi. People are going to go out with their, they're ridiculously rich. They're going out with their wife for a weekend. There's a sports book in the casino before they go out sightseeing. They go to the casino and bet all the overs and all the favorites. <laughs> and new sports book in Detroit. We get a lot of downloads from Michigan. Uh, I checked one of the, I'm like, why are we getting, I got a Southfield, uh, Michigan. Why are we getting so many downloads from Southfield, Michigan? I check it. Yeah, there's a sports book there. <laughs> They're making people money in Southfield, Michigan. And the Vikings of Minnesota, new sports betting place. Man, minus 10, 49. I think this is built to take the money of people vetting the Vikings coming off the recency bias of their big win last week. Zimmer. Zimmer's a running coach, especially. 
and and division games. Now he's a control freak. The kids that were playing out in the backyard. Now one of them is the offensive coordinator, his son, and the other one is Gary Kubiak's kid. And we know what happened with Kubiak. Kubiak has a heart condition. His doctor told him that he cannot be on the sideline or else he's going to have a heart attack. So he was calling plays and running plays from his basement in Texas. He has it all set up, the TVs and stuff. It's almost like he's in the booth running plays. Then when uh, uh, Stefanowski becomes head coach of your Cleveland Browns, Kubiak talked his doctor into being in the booth for one year. Now he's back to the basement in Texas calling plays. <laughs> he sends the offensive coordinator of your Minnesota Vikings. So what is it? What is it? I mean, Zimmer's a Marine control freak. Now he has the kids in the backyard as his offensive and defensive coordinator. He, that means he's controlling everything like Belichick does. He's a defensive coach, really shouldn't be coaching the offense, right? At least before you had Brady was the only one who could tell Belichick to shut up after 15 years. Now there's nobody to tell Bill Belichick to shut up when he meddles in the office. How's that worked out until now, all right? So Zimmer's going right. to do this. The reason I'm saying all of this is because I think this line's going to jump up with that couple. We've all seen that couple. Super league totally rich and they're just bending overs and the favorites this line might hit 11 so you can go plus 11 Detroit Lions under the 49 what do you think Scott so last week Kirk Cousins had one of those Kirk Cousins games where he right. didn't throw a lot and it was like what happened I think they're going to rebound. I don't think they're going to rebound to the point of winning by 10 games. I think this division game, I think uh, Detroit can stay with them for most of the right. game. The defense is not very good, um, as, we, as we've seen all year long. Um, I think Detroit's going to try to take the air out of the ball. Um, I think they're going to try to run a little bit more than they have been um, and play defense. I, For some reason, I think Cousins is going to have another one of those what happened games and you know they're going to underestimate Detroit a little bit um I think it's going to be a, a four to seven point game I think um you know Minnesota has not thrown the ball the way they should um Cook is who knows he's injured but to what extent we don't know so it may be right. a 50-50 split so I don't I don't particularly see Minnesota running on all cylinders I think uh I think it's going to be one of those 27 21 games i think it you know something like maybe a 21 17 game i think detroit wants to play low scoring um i think it's game you want to play a game and play against the ravens yeah and i think as you've gone on i think detroit becomes less and less effective on offense so they're going to have to jump early in the game they're going to have to get a lead and try to protect it i, I don't i think they'll they will the most extent but I just see Minnesota winning the game, but not by not by that much. It's too much. Way too much. I see. When, when I'm watching this game, what I'm predicting, and I think I'm going to see, is DeAndre Swift get some mini explosive plays to get first downs. Completely meaningless in the game, but it's going to keep yeah. the game under. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, think, I don't think they trust Goff. I, I really no. don't. I, no. I think they have no trust in them. So I, I think that – 
they need to establish the running game with with both their backs. And I think they'll try to do that. So and one thing I noticed in the first game, and I know 49ers complained about it, was doing running plays and some passing plays. They have the tight end crashing in on defensive linemen. So they'll do it on one play on this side and then the other side. What they're doing is they're wearing out the defensive linemen to roll out Goff in the second half. Yeah, it's right. hard to chase them. Yeah. When you're 200, 300 pounds, you got a Charlie Hosh because 250, 260 pound tight end, you know, place where you're going to get Charlie Hosh. Now you're chasing Goff. And Goff is rolling out, which you can do the whole offense at Cal. Uh, the Rams was based on that. Aaron Rodgers does it. So that play is going to be open in the second half. But that play isn't designed for a touchdown. It's designed to keep the possession, keep running clock, and win it late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, look Which at that Detroit all, receiving yeah. core. That Detroit receiving core is awful. <laughs> it's still right. there. I mean, there's nobody there, really. Right. So. If Amont and Brown, right, uh, can dominate the back 12, what tells you he's going to dominate the NFL? Yeah, yeah. stayed another year at USC, so he's not that great. So, uh, Detroit Lions plus eleven under the forty nine double digit dog in the division, and really, I don't even trust that ten. I'm trusting uh, eleven, and hopefully, that number mm-hmm. goes even higher. But it's a double digit dog in the division. It's early in the year because this is a cheap team that doesn't like to play for backups. But it's early in the year where the starters can play a little longer, right? And they're not as banged up as they'll be later in the season, by yeah. Thanksgiving time. Yeah. All right? So Lions plus 11 under 49. This next game has the under written all over it. Both teams with quarterback problems. Pittsburgh at home against Denver Broncos. And Denver is the favorite. I don't think Denver should be favored in any game. I don't care who they play, even though they already beat the Giants in Jacksonville. Uh, Betting has just been legalized in Denver. So actually, Pittsburgh is the favorite, basically a pick em game, minus one. Over under is 39. Uh, Pittsburgh. As all all of Pittsburgh games have gone under, and Denver, Denver's all of their games have gone under. So eight no to the under. So what do we do, Scott? Do we go the other way over thirty nine using the eighty twenty rule? If Teddy Bridgewater keep it under. If Teddy Bridgewater does not start in this game. It might be a 13 to 10 game or 10 to 7 game. I always like Drew Locke. I mean, nobody likes I'm I think I'm the only person who likes Drew Locke. No, I like Locke too, but I, I just think he's got a a, a bad rap in Denver. I, right. I think they haven't allowed him to be the quarterback no. he could possibly be. Yeah, Fanjo's a hardball, keep it to the best type guy. Yeah, so so and Denver's defense is, is pretty good. Um I don't know what's going on with Big Ben. He's just he's just he he's done as a quarterback, I think, pretty much. And now he's battling hip injuries now. Right. So right. he he didn't have any mobility before. He has no mobility now. Um Juju's a non-factor. 
Um, the tight end's a non-factor. Claypool's a non-factor. Um, Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris are the only two guys doing anything for them. I want to go over. That's such a low number. I just can't. I just can't. I, I think there's going to be so much running in this game. I don't right. think there's going to be a lot of passes. I think each team's going to try to throw 20, 25 passes. Um, this, this just has a 13 to 10 game written all over it. Ugly game, you know, in Pittsburgh. That's what coaches believe in. Yeah, and, and I think Denver's going to win the game. I think Denver's yeah. going to win the game. I think they're going to come into Pittsburgh. I think they're going to win the game. I, that's how low of a, a, a thought I have on Pittsburgh right now. Until Big Ben shows me something. I can't bet the Steelers. I just can't bet. So yeah. So we'll have Chad be the tiebreaker. I'm going to go the Steelers. And what decided me on this uh, is corporate governance again. Also, Pittsburgh is an iconic team. The Steelers don't kill the goose that kills the golden eggs, right? I know the Chargers are complaining about penalties, but don't kill the goose that kills the eggs. The NFL subsidized the Spanos family. Yep. Uh, Rooney family is iconic. First week in October. Uh, NFL changed its destination, right? From sports or entertainment. So they have the same designation as the WWE. I'm, you're as old as I am. Scott, do you remember uh, Danny Davis? The referee? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. Turn wrestler. <laughs> Danny Davis in the High Foundation. I remember that. Danny Davis game. You're going to see Jerry Judy with a beautiful move, 80 yard touchdown. And ref go holding. Going to bring the play back and the announcer. You're going to do a whole thing. Oh, I didn't see holding. You're going to bring Bandino. Bandino's <laughs> like, well, da 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 da. And, uh, uh, and, and Tomlin, the, the coaching job. What a great coaching job Tomlin did. You know, he's won the Super Bowl. Monacum Lottie at the Citadel. I saw him in preseason. It's got to be 30 years ago. Pepper Stadium in Tampa. Tony Dungy, head coach. Monty Kiffin, defensive coordinator. Defensive back coach, Herm Edwards. Linebackers coach, Lovey Smith. <laughs> All head coaches. Guys who've been taking teams to the hole. And your defensive line coach is Rod Mar Marinelli. Defensive assistants, Joe Barry, defensive coordinator for Green Bay. You're Green Bay Packers right now. It's all to, all to say, especially to new betters, you've seen this movie before. So you, that's this pattern recognition. They all run the same defense. This is a zone blitz that won the Super Bowl last year with, with, uh, with Todd Bowles. That's why this game is going to stay so under, so under control with Tomlin. The ref, the fact that Denver's offense is bad by design, right? Because yep. change was a defensive coach. Yep. So that's why I'm going Steelers money line. Actually, I can go minus one because it'll be a good number. Well, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens Sunday with this line, right? Because if I can get plus number with, you know, the Steelers, maybe Thomas is smart, right? He pulls Big Ben in the second half. We don't yeah. know. Yeah, you don't, we don't know. Have no but idea. he's about to be pulled. I don't think he's going to yeah. wait. Against Denver, a team that can be like that, I don't think he's going to. I think Big Ben has a quick call. 
Yep. Yep. Buddy Brister doesn't play for them. <laughs> they get to bring in but Tower used to bring in Buddy Brister in the second half. Thanks for working right. Thanks for right. All right. So here we go. So we have split decision, and we'll put it on Twitter. Uh, Chad breaking the tie. So we're going to go. Packers. Uh, Packers in the Bengals. And let me make, make sure of this. We've got the Green Bay Packers. Minus three on the road. Joe Burrow. Everybody on the on leadership of Cincinnati has like 10 jobs. I knew a guy. I know a guy works in an NFL front office. And he was like, man, Marvin Lewis has 15 jobs. He's like the head of scouting. So the assistant offensive coordinator, uh, Zach, uh, Zach, the uh, the head coach, really who's an offensive coordinator, named Joe Burrow, his assistant coordinator. The only problem with that, Joe Burrow hasn't played a full year in the NFL yet. So the over-under is 52 points. Two offensive coaches going against each other. But, man, I haven't seen that out of Cincinnati all year. They've played it close to the vest. Uh, Burrow's turned that big interception. To me, this has under all over it. And the Packers are overvalued here on the road. I'm going to take it off the key number, and I'm going to go Bengals plus four points under 52. I agree. I'm going to go off key number two. I'm going to go four. Um, I don't think the Bengals have shown me enough to, to throw up 28 to 31 points. Um, I think they are going to have to throw the ball. I think the Packers are going to get up um, early, so I think they're going to have to throw the ball for sure. Um, you know, they have the three wide receivers. Uh, T. Higgins coming back this week. So they do have the three wide receivers he can throw to. And then he threw it was tight end last week who had a huge game. Um, but I, I just – I see this coming down to a field goal at the end. Right. Um, I see the Packers winning a, uh, a 24-21 game. Um, and, uh, you know, it's at Cincinnati. I mean, that might, that might bode well for Cincinnati, but I – they're not ready to step up to this class yet. I haven't no. seen them. They're not ready to step up into the Green Bay class yet. So I think Green Bay will win this game on the road. I think it's going to be 24-21. I, I would go the under for sure. Might might even yeah. get to 24-22, something like some strange score like that. Um, you know, Pat, Bengals will have to throw the ball and look for them to throw the ball. So, you know, if we can get some player props on on Burrow and, um, and their receivers, I, I would look into those as well. But. Um, in terms of the game, Packers, uh, Bengals plus four, and then the under for sure. So that's the right. way I would go. That's the way I would go. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And that's Joe Barry, defensive coordinator for Green Bay Packers. He's yep. going to sit back in his zone and wait for the rookie really to make a mistake. Mistake, exactly. Next game, we'll go through our New England Patriots expert. We're right now. We're six and two in New England games. Uh, that is my head's burned out by this time. 75%. 75%, 52.5%. It's break even. So 
So we're making a lot of money on Patriots game. And it's not brain surgery. We've gotten all the unders. <laughs> every game, every game's gone under. Let me confirm that. Yep. Yep. The Patriots are 4 0 to the under. Yeah, it has. So Vegas is trying to adjust to it a little bit. Place this at 39. Oh. Uh, Davis Mills, I thought he could read, do basic high school stuff, like read numbers and run away from where there's more people on the right side than the left. Anybody can do this. You see more people on the right than the left. You make the play to the left, to the weak side. He wasn't even doing that. <laughs> he rolled out once and four Panthers were right on because he, he was too nervous and he wasn't, uh, com- you know, controlling himself. Now, this, this, uh, Organization, the son of of uh, McNair. Remember, dynasties only last three generations. You have Fred Trump, Donald Trump, and now you have Coke addict Donald Trump Jr. Is he going to keep the fortune going? We don't know, but right now we know they have major addiction problems. So the son of McNair is obsessed with Bill Belichick, and it's literally trying to top it. It's almost like that movie years ago. Uh, they were like. Uh, my roommate or something where the other roommate of the girl was trying to be exactly like her or whatever. That's creepy the way Houston's doing. They even, they even went to court with Belt Belt. She went to court against the Houston, Texas because they were in a fight over the chaplain. He had a year left in his contract with Patriots and Belt because he is so decadent, he needed a really straight line guy after he had a couple serial killers on his team and his friendship with the Meyer. So he, was, <laughs> he was getting guys from Florida. They were all criminals going up there. One that ends up being a serial killer who uh, was killed by a, a prison gang up there. So Belichie says, man, I need a really good priest. I really need a really good chaplain in here. And he gets in a fight with the Texans as they want him over there. They're trying to copy everything the Patriots do. And now they're playing him. Um, man. This I think um, this is a headline of Houston Chronicle here. Uh, when is Tyrod Taylor coming back? <laughs> Davis Davis quarterback rating is twenty three. Uh, Belichick has never lost against a rookie quarterback. Davis Milton is basically a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it's still going to stay under 39. And the side is what I'm confused about. I'll let uh, Scott do my, this bet for me. It well, starts the side. Because I, yeah. I think I'm going to get it. I'm going to buy the number because I don't trust these people. And make it 40. In the side, uh, I'll let Scott decide it for me. Literally, I'm going to put hundred thousand dollars on this uh my first instinct was minus the eight it's eight point five it's gonna cost me too much money to buy it to the key number but i don't want to get a hook i don't want to die by the hook either what is thoughts scott so houston did nothing against buffalo last week zero zero um and now the defense is a class up. 
Belichick's not going to lose to him again. Uh, not no. going to lose to a rookie quarterback. It's just not going to happen. No. I would take the under for sure. I don't. I don't think the Patriots are going to score more than 20, 21, and I don't think Houston's going to score more than seven to ten. Um, they may not even score anything again. Um, yeah, I don't think they can score because they were that bad. Remember, this is the yeah. thing too. They had, you know, uh, Jim talked about this during the draft. How they thought that he thought that Houston was going to lose on purpose all these games. Yeah. So they have a second and four at the thirty-two, and then they um, set a run, they, incomplete pass. So. It's third and four from the 32. You run it to place it in a good position for your field goal kicker. What do they do? They throw it. And I'm like, well, that's really a sad commentary on your kicker yeah. now. You're taking yeah. all the com- confidence from it that you're, you're throwing it. So they throw it again. And then instead of going for a field goal, or going for it, right? Because you're so close. They punt it from 32 yard line. Yeah, this is this is for me. This is the get right game for the Patriots, and this always right. Has. I thought the Patriots would be two and two right now. They one and three. This is the right. get right game. I think this is the, the game. Super Bowl for Belichick. Yeah, if they lose this game, there's there's no shot they're making the playoffs. There's no shot they're going anywhere. So. Right. They're gonna they're gonna win this game 24-0, 24 7. I, I can't see Houston doing anything. Belichick's gonna focus on Cooks, Brandon Cooks. He's gonna take him out of the game and make them go someplace else. Right. Houston has shown no no tendency that they can do that. So I would go the Patriots and I would go to the under for sure. Cause I don't think Houston's gonna Houston needs to score almost 20 points for this over the hit, and they, they're not gonna do it. They're not just not going to do it. So right. And, and, and Belichick's a coach's coach. Yep. The coach's yep. coach, Hall of Fame guy, and real good coaches. I've noticed this about them. Uh, Steve Spurrier said, you can only get teams up. And he, Steve Spurrier played professional football. You can only get a team up for three games, a coach. Where you do the rah, 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 you start cursing people out, you da, 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 going crazy. And they do it against inferior opponents, they know they can crush, right? So I think uh, they wanted the Patriots to play loose last week against Brady, blah, blah, blah. This week, he's dropping the hammer. Everybody's paranoid. He has Patricia out there screaming at people, right? Uh, Getting the coffee extra early. And uh, don't know anything they could do about with the Houston Texans. Minus eight, the Pats, under 40 points. They're not going to let the Texans score. He, he probably has some sort of bet or some sort of fine. Everybody's running bleachers, fine $5,000 if Houston scores in this game. Because <laughs> yep. yep. he does have that elite Super Bowl defense. So under the 40 points, um, minus eight. I'm just going to check this real quick. I think this is going to be the second game where both teams playing, all their games have gone under. Actually, uh, Houston's 2-2. Two and two. The Cleveland Browns game went over. The first two games, you could throw them out because they had uh, Tyron Taylor. Yep, yep. All right. 
to the late games. Love the late games. <laughs> we're probably like 90% late games last week. That's a podcast we were into, which is excellent. I went 10 and 0. Uh, late games are good. We want to do, I think now, one week we had where we made 70%. We were really good in the early games, and then we were average all the way out. But it was gravy. Uh, it was the opposite last week. So we put both sides together. We're talking 90% week, which is a lot of money. <laughs> you look at your bankroll and you go, damn. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So we got Las Vegas at home against the Bears. Minus five. Uh, the Bears have no offense. Gus Bradley's been doing good on defense. Again, uh, $2 billion stadium. The Bears are not going to get the calls. They have not. They've been vanilla on offense in non-division games on the road. So I go Vegas minus five uh, under the 45 because the average score of an NFL game is 45 points. I'm going to buy the point on that. What do you think, Scott? So the Bears are... Justin Fields, they're starting this week. They uh, named right. him the starting quarterback. They're running back Montgomery out for four or five weeks, knee injury. Um, this has the Raiders winning this game written all over it, which I think right. they will. And I think they will cover um, for sure. And I and I think this this is going to under. I think this is definitely going to under. I see. Uh, I don't see the Bears putting much points up. And I see the Raiders scoring uh, what the Chargers did against, which is around 28. So I like both of those um, scenarios. And I think the Raiders are due to play a good game. They didn't play as well last week. I think they're coming back with, with a fury this week. I think Gruden uh, won't stand for a bad game. So two in a row. And, so. and this is a return to the mean yep. game, right? Uh, also, got from Jeopardy. We got all time. That's all he does is return to the mean. So – if we believe him, which I don't, he says he's a professional sports better and all he does is return to me. I really don't believe him, uh, but he says he is. So this has for him Raiders minus five all over it. He's returned to the mean. They got beat bad last week uh, in in the division game, but I thought he played a lot of vanilla in that. He, yeah. He's saving things in his back pocket for that billion dollar standing at home with the calls from you know the refs. Uh, they know how to do it in subtle times that really do make a difference that, you know, and it's always mystery uh, penalties. When you, when you see Bandino, because they have the apologists already set up, they have Bandino or whatever apologizing for the, the rest. Uh, illegal contact by who, who, what's the number, right? <laughs> He's coach with a vein coming out. What's the number? Who? Illegal contact, <laughs> five-yard penalty on third and 30. Automatic first down. And I also Keep the Raiders drive alive. And I also think the Raiders need to win as many games at home as they possibly can. And I think oh, the yeah. league wants them to as well. So 100%. I think that's another reason. So oh, 100%. Uh, Chargers in Cleveland. Uh, it's going to be in the dog pound. This is an inflated Los Angeles line. Again, a return to the mean game the other way. Uh, a lot of people go to Vegas and blindly put it's a lot of money down here, put blind money on these LA teams. 
minus two at Cleveland. Let me make sure I got that right. Because he minus two either way uh, is ridiculous. Chargers have a bad offensive line. Uh, they have a great quarterback. They have a really good defense. And they have uh, what's turning out to be a really good coach. However, Raiders, physical team, they're always hitting. So the team, after playing the Raiders, after playing the Steelers, on the road, usually don't cover. But they're at home, minus two, which is going to be a vacation home game for the Cleveland Browns. The Doc Pound picked this week to go on vacation. They all got their vaccines, <laughs> vaccine cards, because it's California. And they all got on Southwest. And they're all going down. Uh, the way I read a great article, if people want to read it, I'll get it to you, Scott. I'll download it and email it to you. Okay. Great article on Stefanoski and Zimmer. How I always say that impulse control, right? You talked about it with Brady. Yeah. You make the most money when you can control your emotions. And Stefanoski, really smart guy. Had Zimmer yelling at him, probably abusing him. Everybody quits. He's the only assistant who didn't quit until he got the promotion to go to Cleveland. And yeah. he got a promotion from being Matt Patricia with a pencil. <laughs> it actually really did have a pencil. Stefanowski's pencil was to write down the, uh, the coffee orders. Then he becomes assistant offensive line coach, assistant linebackers coach. Then they make him the tight ends coach. Then he was the fake offensive coordinator. The real offensive coordinator was Kubiak in the basement. <laughs> but regardless, he interviews well. He From the fake offensive coordinator, he becomes the head coach at Cleveland because he convinced them he knows analytics. He wasn't a football. That's why life is crazy, right? So Stefanoski here, uh, coach of uh, Cleveland, smart guy. What does he do? He brings in Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan was the head coach who took a team to the Super Bowl. He has Super Bowl rings as an offensive line coach. And he's really your real coordinator here. And Callahan loves to run the ball. You say, Josh, what does all that have to do with sports betting? It has to be that that's why we're cashing in on these under tickets with Cleveland. Uh, 47 points seems high. It's going to be right in there. I'm going to withhold judgment on that, but I do like Cleveland in this game. Cleveland plus uh, three. I'm going to get it to the key number, and I'm going to take Cleveland on the money line. I'll let Scott decide the total for me on this one. What do you think, Scott? So Cleveland played not good last week, and they still won at Minnesota. Right. So a lot of talent. Yeah, so I, I think that Cleveland will win this game too. I think the Chargers are coming off two high, high division games, Chiefs, right, Raiders, right. and they won them both. This is definitely a spot where they can let down, and I think they will. Cleveland's defense is really good. I don't think they're going to allow the Chargers to do um, what the Chargers have done the last two weeks. So I think they're going to shut right. that down. So I like Cleveland this week. For sure. I, I, look, I like them to run the ball better than the Raiders did, uh, better than the Chiefs did. That's their game. 
um, and Baker to get it back on track. Um, so I, I'll take Cleveland and I'll take the under. I, I'm looking at like a, a 17, 14, 21, 17 game okay. um, for sure. And I, I don't, I don't think the Chargers are going to uh, going to perform like they did the last two weeks. This is the letdown spot of all letdown spots for any team so far. Right. So, um, so that's where I'm going under in the Browns. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, for those. Uh, keeping track, listening to the podcast and live stream. There's going to be three sides of this, right? It's going to be the clowns on the money line, plus three to take it to the key number. And watch late if this LA inflated line goes to minus three, minus four. You can have a little cushion there with Cleveland. And, and, and what happens is the guy like Boza, even JJ Watt, uh, they come off the edge or light. What do you do against the guys, right? What did Trek Knoll do, right? You were in the track, run right at them. Yeah. And believe me, Callahan has not, doesn't have Super Bowl rings, didn't take a team to the Super Bowl as a coach. Uh, he's probably a Hall of Fame offensive line coach. And maybe offensive line, maybe not coordinator because he runs it too much, right? Because that's the problem him and Andy Regan in problems with. Once they got equal talent and they know what your philosophy is, you're going to have to come up with a new wrinkle. These guys don't yeah. do that. And they don't have to because they won Super Bowls and their great grandkids have money. And they're like, why do I need to change? Why do I need to listen to you? Fine. I'll make money off you going, going the other way. So we're going to go Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. And Cleveland's the most transparent team in the NFL. Yeah. They're saying, we're running the ball. Try to stop us. That's all we're doing. Right. Yeah. And, we got better players on the offensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. And we got uh, two premier running backs, Nick Shove, right? And Kareem Hunt. Yep. Yep. So Cleveland on the money line, running over Nick Shove, truck Boza. He's like, I'm not Derek Carr. Right. <laughs> Boom. Run him over. Uh, money line plus three under 47. Another division game. It's going to be closer than we think. It's going to go under. Grudge match between the coaches, between the owners. Well, the Bears are out too much. They, they care more about ruining Bears' movie career than they do the Giants. That's why they have a uh, uh, strength and conditioning coach, receiver coach for Bill Belichick. That's the head coach. Jason Carey, offensive coordinator. But Jason Karen has a grudge against Dallas. He knows all those players. He'll keep the game close. So the Giants plus eight, under 52, not because the defense is so great, but how they, they play. They want to run. run. Is it, I, I really shocked if Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones' son don't have bets for the under <laughs> every week. But, you know, you you – revert to your childhood, right? Rosebud or Orson Wells, my wife's a psychotherapist, not me. But Jerry Jones is reverting to when he was the offensive line coach in the 60s for Arkansas, late 60s, early 70s. And on the offensive line was Jerry Johnson and linebacker Barry Switzer. They all ended up becoming coaches with him. So Arkansas Royals, 
You won 70% of your games with special teams and defense and running the ball. So he's, he's changing Dallas to become that, right? And you see a lot of it, right? McCarthy's fat because he was an offensive lineman. At the end of the day, with all things being equal, they're going to run the ball. Keep this game under 52 plus the eight. What do you think, Scott? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Dallas has turned into a, a very balanced uh, between run and pass. Uh, Zeke's having a huge year. Um, right. I think Dallas is going to run the ball. I think the Giants are a sneaky offensive team. I think uh, Daniel Jones has had a great start to the season, best better than I think people expected. Um, Jason Garrett's going to call a lot of plays for Saquon this week. They're going to run the ball a lot. I don't know what their receiver situation is. So I see a running game. I, I see the under 52. I see it more toward 46, 47. Um, total i think the giants will cover i think this will be a close game i think this is the this is the rivalry game of all rivalry games in the nfl um dallas new york has always been a big rivalry um i do think amari cooper has spouted off this week about looking for deep passes so i think they'll take one or two shots to him but in the end i i, I see a 24 17 game type of game uh 27 20 type of game i don't think uh I think Dallas's defense is a lot better than they were last year, so that enables them to run the ball. And Dallas has become one of the most dangerous teams in the NFC right now based on what they've done so far. So um, I like Dallas um, on the money line. I like the Giants to cover the spread, and I like the right. under. So that's where nice. I, I would go with those three sides. Nice. we got three sides of this. Yep. Love it. So I'm going to do two. Because he won two out of three, that's 66%. That has a 14-point uh, margin over yep. 52.5. So you're making money consistently. Yeah. And if I hit all three, it's perfect. So. Oh, it's, it's perfect. Perfect. Other than uh, we'll be in dangerous territory with your senator from the great state of Massachusetts, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> you just gotta tell me, man. Apparently, you see Elizabeth Warren, uh, Warren at the door. Do not open the door. <laughs> Hold on. How much money do you have? Let me take that. 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 You keep that. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. All right. Now it's money line. Now, what do you think about this game? Minus six now. Um, maybe, maybe a lot of money always comes late in San Francisco because uh, Silicon Valley guys. Chad's heard me talk about it so much. He was talking about it last week. <laughs> mentioned it last week. a million dollars <laughs> every game on the 49ers. There, it's minus six. Let me double check myself. Minus six. Arizona, recently biased. Now Arizona's world beater. I think because oh, yeah. uh, Coach was on the hot seat, he did not leave a lot of things in his back pocket. And he's put all his cards on the table early in the season. Old yep. coaches like Shanahan, his dad won the Super Bowl. They're thinking long-term. Uh, first glance at 50 seems high. 
That minus yeah. six seems high as well. What do you think, Scott? So 49ers need this is a desperate game for the 49ers. They lose this game, they're three games in out of the division. Um and fighting for a, for a wild card game. So, so right. I think the 49ers show up this game, a little leery on the quarterback situation, but uh, 50 is too high. I see uh, I see it just coming under. Um, again, Arizona's shown, like you said, shown everything, all their cards on the table. So San Francisco knows exactly what they're getting and what they're going to get. Um, I like, I actually like San Francisco to even keep this game a little bit closer that people expect and maybe win it at the end um, because of that desperation factor. Um, Shanahan doesn't want to go down that many games in the division. San Francisco is going to run the ball a lot. That's what they do. They run it. And then they're going to mix in the pass later in the game. So, um, and if Lance starts, that's a running quarterback. So those three first downs with your feet might come into effect. So um, I like San Francisco to cover and I like it to go under. Right. For that reason. Right now, and uh, it's funny, Chad told me a story last year because last year Arizona was fighting for a playoff spot and Shanahan was out of the playoffs. And I said that, you know, Shanahan's a coach's coach, that Shanahan was going to out coach Clinsbury, who's a college coach who never had a winning record in college. Another guy who interviewed great. So these guys with no experience get it. They're not getting just any job. They're getting hit coach, getting five million dollars yeah. a year. Good job yeah. interviewing there. And uh, Chad listened to two podcasts. One podcast told him to pound Arizona. Then he listened to me and my podcast. And I said, no, it's it's this game is Shanahan's gonna out coach this guy, couldn't go under. Uh John Lynch, uh Hall of Fame safety, who was on that. Uh, he was on the team of all those coaches I told you about, right? He knows that Tampa 2, uh, Kiffin, I see them rushing two, rushing three, putting eight back. Yep. Not letting – it's definitely going to be a good spy who's athletic on Murray. But still, Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, and uh, – DeAndre Hopkins, with John, you just love love it. His he he won Clemson national titles. Clemson hasn't been the same without DeAndre Hopkins. Right. Neither has the John Watson. Neither college pros. You you just throw it out there, he'll get it. AJ Green, if he's healthy, he's good. Rondo Moore carried the Purdue program. So I mean, it's going to be a good game, but. John Lynch has it slept. He's an obsessed man, and he's the real defensive coordinator yep. of the 49ers. He's figured out a plan, not now, during the summer. He's a straight Sanford graduate, smart guy, making $7 million a year as a general manager. The so-called defense coordinators for the 49ers aren't defense coordinators. The person running the defense is John Lynch. He has a plan for Clingsbury that's going to keep the game under and have San Francisco cover. Yep. All right. 100%. What do you think about Kansas City and Buffalo? The, The line is Kansas City 
minus two and a half, three over under is 57. 57, okay. So I, the, right before the Miami game, the uh, we had all agreed that Buffalo needed to get right. And they've gotten right, right definitely, two games. Um, three games, actually. Right. Kansas City hasn't stopped anybody on offense. If Buffalo wants to be taken seriously to go to the Super Bowl, they're going to win this game in a track meet. I see a seven. I see seventy points in this game. I see. Okay. A, I see a forty to thirty game. I think Buffalo's going to win this game. I think they're going to Kansas City. I think they're going to win this game. Um, I just think that Buffalo is on another level right now. Josh Allen wants to be MVP. He's got to show up in this game. National game, right. Sunday night football. Josh Allen's got to play play above and beyond what he's played so far this year. And I think he can do that. I think he will. Um, I think Buffalo's got all the all the tools in this, you know, on their team. Good passing game, running games underrated. Zach Moss and Singletary are two good running backs. Um, I think Buffalo wins this game, covers the spread, and I think it goes over. I think it's going to be a track meet. I think you're going to see a 37-34 game, 37-31, somewhere in that vicinity. That's what that's what I see. I, I don't think either defense is going to be able to stop either offense. So, so it's a it's almost the last team to have the ball wins, and I think it's going to be Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to win the game. They need to win this game to make a statement, and I think they will win this game. All right. So I'm going to do that on three sides. I'm going to go Buffalo money line. I almost would go Buffalo money line because this is the best value you're going to get on Buffalo the way they look all season. The owner is already catching Super Bowl tickets and catching, uh, telling people value for for the new stadium and all kinds of business dealings he's doing with his gold dealer. Uh, gold-digging wife. So they got a team to stop. Somebody's telling them that, and they look like it, right? When you watch them play. Only a brilliant game plan by uh, Tomlin. And the fact that Tomlin knew that he had to spend three months in a basement to come up with a game plan to beat Buffalo for the game of the season. Tells me Buffalo's pretty good. It's yeah, a and I, him, you know? And the other thing I think is if Buffalo wins this game, they put, put Kansas City three games in back of them for the number one seed in the AFC. So right. it would basically be Buffalo, Baltimore, and maybe the Chargers or the Raiders. And do any of those teams want to come to Buffalo in January in a playoff game and play in the snow and the cold and the, the wind and the whatever it may be? I don't I don't think so. So Buffalo could be looking at that too, long, short-term and long-term in terms right. of the season. So Yeah, I'm going to buy it down to 56 and go with the over. So, um, Scott's helping me with an intervention because you live in the past and die in the past. In the past, this game would be an under game 100% because of McDermott being a read guy, zone guy, keep everything in front, blah, blah, blah. Yep. But now now this is modern football. They can't make these guys hit as much. They don't have as much depth on defense, right? And Buffalo Kansas, should be an Kansas, under team because of philosophy. Yeah, Go ahead. Kansas City hasn't stopped anybody this year. They gave up 29 to Cleveland, 36 to Baltimore, 30 to Philadelphia last week. So they haven't stopped anybody. And 
Philly and Buffalo's offenses are two totally different offenses. Buffalo has everything you can ask for. Good tight end, three good wide receivers, good running backs, a quarterback that's playing at an elite level right now. So they're a hard team to stop right now. So, Right. So in Buffalo, their defense is disguised, right? Because Steelers got 23 points on them. Yep. And the Washington football team got 21 points on them on the road to make that game go over. Yep. Houston-Texas game didn't count. And Miami didn't score anything against them last that week either because Tua got hurt that game. So, you know, you right. can't really glean anything from that game either. So, Right. And Jacoby Brissett was so awful in that second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got Buffalo on the money line plus three over fifty six. Uh, in most now, now we can say most, right? Now we've made the money going the other way on all these uh, night games going over. And again, these are two teams that are probably playoff teams. Yep. And I think Goodell probably sent him a memo, say, guys, knock it off, save your coaching strategy, your you know new Rodney, Bill Belichick. Trying to be Hall of Fame coaches, Magnolo, save it for the playoffs. Get right. let these guys play and let's make some ratings. Let's make some money, guys. Let's get yep. some ratings. Well, right. This right. could be the Memo AFC championship. This yeah. could be the AFC championship game. It's it's Preview. it's well within possibility that this is. So this is a know. commercial for that game. Yeah. Scoring, blah blah blah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Buffalo, money line, plus three in the over. Remember, we're playing three sides. We're playing three sides of a lot of games. We're giving ourselves a lot. We're giving ourselves a competitive advantage. Giving ourselves a lot of games to win. And we're mitigating, right? Like the rich super dudes like me to mitigate taxes. Now Biden wants to change those loopholes. So we're going to have to find another loophole. That'll be my job. That is my job, actually. We're doing the same thing with a 20% luck factor. Right? Using logic. Monday night, and I love this scenario. It's made me a lot of money through the years. Baltimore is a great team to bet. John Harbaugh has dogs. Horrible team to bet as favorite, especially when you can get them above a key number, and especially we have a guy who neglects his family, Andy Reid guy, and all, all he cares about is strategizing. For, it doesn't matter how much talent he has or doesn't have. He got to the playoffs with Philip Dam Rivers, right? So watch for Reich to keep this game close. Monday night. Favorites on Monday night. Again, what we were just talking about. Favorites on Monday night uh, don't cover. They really don't. Big favorites on Monday night usually do not cover. And for entertainment purposes, <laughs> again, you got a coach who's going to be in the playoffs who's secure. I see this game going under 47. Lamar, Hurt, uh, Lamar Jackson really can't run. He can't read defenses. He can't run because he's hurt. Because he's been running too much. I was like, man, they're running Lamar Jackson a lot. And now he's hurt. His back is hurt. You really shouldn't be playing. Right. Right. 
Right. He can read defenses, and uh, Reich is going to dial some stuff up for him to go plus eight, under 47, Monday Night Football. What are your thoughts, Scott? I'm in agreement with you. I think um, half the playbook is out the window in Baltimore right now because of Lamar's back injury. He's not practicing right. fully uh, all week, gets in one limited practice, and then uh, plays in the game. And he can't run the ball, obviously. So, um, you know, that that caps their their point total and their, their high ceiling at 21, 22, 23, somewhere in there. Um, so they're relying on the defense right now. I think Indy's going to be able to score on them. I think they're going to be able to take the air out of the ball and run the ball against Baltimore. Um, I see Taylor playing a huge role in this game. I see them uh, being able to go up and down the field, getting enough. I see a... Uh, you know, a 17 to 10 slug it out type of game. Right. Um, I, I think the Colts Colts will cover. Um, I think it definitely goes under. Um, you know, Monday night has been known as the, you know, one way or the other. Either it's going way over or way under, and I think this one's going way under. So um, I just think Reich is a smart coach, knows that the only way he beats Baltimore is to keep Lamar off the field and run the ball. And I right. think that's what it's going to do. Short passes. Um, I'm not high on Wentz, but I think he can control the game enough for Indy to cover. Might might see them score 13-14, but I, like I said, Baltimore's capped. They're capped yeah, until, Lamar, until Lamar gets healthy, they're capped. One of the big reasons we've been able to cover Andy Reid, McDermott, Belichick, John Harbaugh is because in the middle of the fourth quarter, they're up 17-13, line here seven. Yep. Instead of trying to score, they try to run out the clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And if you get into 10 minutes left in the game and it's a 17-13 game, all Saba is going to do is first down hand to Murray, second down hand to Murray, third maybe right. run Jacks, run Jacks and try to get a first right. down or throw the ball. Lamar has trouble reading defenses. So I yeah. wonder if they, they try to mix it up a little bit, you know, zone, man, whatever they may do. Um, you know, I don't think Lamar has, has the weapons that, it, that he, they think he has. So, like I said, he's capped. The, half the playbook is out, which is, which is a killer to Baltimore. So. Big time. Big time. So, man, I feel good about this. Yeah, I do too. I, and it really helps that now – we have, like, we've seen them play week after week after week. We have a database, really, of what they've done. And we can anticipate what they're thinking. And it's going to be interesting to see how the game plans are really usually the same stuff. The usual name and faces change, but the story stays the same. Absolutely. The, the team's. Then now, after this first phase of the season, what's the next phase? What are the different trends? You know, as he'll pivot yep. from this RPO stuff, from this, uh, you know, all these defensive backs getting beat in one-on-one -on -one coverage, you're going to see different flavors of zones. Kind of like, really, Detroit accelerated that because of their portable secondary. Now the scores are low, and it's not because the defense is any better, but because of the strategy. Right. That's, how we make, that's another way we make money. Another tool in our tool belt. All right, final word, Scott. I think it's going to be a good week. I think we're uh, 
we're hitting on uh, pretty much. We're on a roll, man. Right yeah, we're on a roll. Those late games were amazing last week. You know, a little bit of a struggle early, but those late games were amazing. So, right. you know, we can mix the two from the week before. We had a great early slate to last week. We had a great late slate. <laughs> I think I think we could, we could be <laughs> great as an understatement. It was a it right. was huge. So, right. Um, and I think a lot of these games are going to go by the script that we've, we've laid out. So, right. No, a lot of fun to be had, good yep. money to be made. Right. And we always end with Church, Winston Churchill. It's not philanthropy, it's not a religious thing, right? It's just business. And in reality, the more you give, the more you get back. And Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, but you make your life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC NFL Betting Podcast. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's why this spot don't cost $800, and that costs $200. And I don't know what that costs, I'm just shit to work. That's why I'm worth the juice.